for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings so we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. You, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to Episode 5 of Blue Harvest, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Paul Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Whitten. Episode 5. So 5. So if we go in the Star Wars order, this should be our strongest episode. Right? This should be my favorite. Right? Well, (laughs) we'll see if that happens. Uh, First off, I want to thank the dudes in Stone Cobra for our new theme song. Absolutely. Uh, If you guys want to check them out, you should go to bandcamp.stonecobra.com Hold on, let me check that. I've been a Stone Cobra fan for a very long time. I can tell you that. I've seen Stone Cobra live a lot. They let us use their intro song to their newest album and uh, you should check out their old albums and the new album. Yeah, uh, so it's stonecobra.bandcamp.com So if you want to check out their album, it's like five bucks to download. Totally worth it. But uh, once again, thanks to those dudes. Brad, Josh, Steve, James... Uh, we really appreciate it. Also, if you want to look us up, you can get us at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest at Blue Harvest Pod on Twitter and Blue Harvest Podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us. I'm getting better at doing that. You are. <laughs> so we've got some stuff to talk about this week. What, what about iTunes? Uh, I don't believe they're on iTunes. Are we on iTunes? Not yet. Not yet. Hopefully, we will be eventually. Hopefully it should be very soon because like I said, I... I set up all the hosting stuff this week, and I think it just takes a couple of days or a few days for them to... But we are on SoundCloud. We're on SoundCloud for right now, but hopefully very soon we'll be up on iTunes and Stitcher. It'll be a little easier to get us on those. That'll be great. Anyway, this week in the news. Big stuff this week, E3 this week. Big Star Wars stuff at E3. Lots of Battlefield information or Battlefront information and footage, uh, it looks really good. It does. It really does. I'm really excited. I saw some of the Battlefront footage today. I cannot tell you how amazing that is and how excited I am for that. Yeah. They showed two videos, basically, at E3. One was dedicated to the multiplayer, and it was all Battle of Hoth, and it was incredible. Uh, they, They basically, in the four- or five-minute video, showed you pretty much every aspect of what you can do in a multiplayer game there's some you know on ground stuff some vehicle stuff and some interesting information came out because of that video you know in the footage where you see them using the ATAT um that ATAT is on rails which means you don't pilot the movement of the ATAT you just control the guns and calling in airstrikes and stuff oh okay um that's actually a specific game mode of the game called I think Walker Assault, where your goal as the Empire is to protect your three walkers as they advance in the battlefield to get to the Rebel base. And as the Rebels, you have to protect uplinks that get you airstrikes and stuff like that to use against the walkers. I see. That probably be one of my preferred game modes. That's, That's going to be a great game type. Um, what's the game type in Battlefield that we liked so much? 
where you would go and You're talking about conquest. Was it conquest or I don't, gold rush? No, it was the one where you would go in and set the bomb or defuse the bombs. Yeah, sabotage. I don't remember what it's I can't called, remember. honestly. But, but this looks sort of similar to that. You're yeah. protecting different points and stuff like that. Really excited about Battlefield. And then the other trailer was their co-op sort of horde mode, which I'm really excited about. I like a good horde mode. Yeah, so do I. Uh, ever since they introduced that in Gears of War 2, I've been a big fan of that sort of, you know, you and three other buddies on a team, like just... Wave after wave. Wave after wave. Uh, it makes me wonder if, will we get for the final wave, like, where is that where the villains and shit will show up? Will we have, you know, five waves of troopers and vehicles, and then the last wave is like Darth Vader or something like that? I wonder if it'll be like the fives and the tens. Like, at a at you know, at level five or in level 15 and level 25, right. you'll get some mid-level boss, and at level... 10, 20, 30, you'll get some. That's that's good thinking. I wonder how many waves it's going to be. I don't know if it'll be, because Horde Mode went up to like 25 or it did, 50 not, waves 50 or waves, something yeah. crazy like that. And I don't know if they'll go that far. But that was there was a little bit of time there where it seemed like every game had its own Horde Mode. After Gears of War, Halo did it. Even Mass Effect 3 had a multiplayer that was, was basically a horde, horde mode. mode. Basically just reskin and horde mode of Star Wars. It's right up my alley. It is. So do you want to talk about some of the features we saw in the trailer sure. that are pretty neat? Uh, one of my favorites was the jetpack. Jetpack. Jetpack looks really cool. Very neat. Very effective. From what I understand, there, uh, you know, there's loadouts. So you can get the jetpack or like the bubble shield type thing that we saw. The bubble shield was impressive as well. It yeah. was like the, uh, what are the roller droids from Attack of the Clones? They're Droidicas. Droidicas. Like they have that bubble shield that pops out and that's basically a personal yeah. shield. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. I mean, it's the same color and it everything. It can withstand an orbital strike. Um, but so let's say you get the ju- uh, the jetpack, you have a limited amount uses on that so like maybe you can use it three times or five times and then i guess spread out on the map or recharges this is in a life if you die i think it all resets but let's say you use your jetpack five times i think there's like recharge stations or something where you can you know recharge your death jetpack or your bubble shield or stuff like that. that's neat i saw someone pick up a rocket a smart rocket i didn't get to see him use it but no 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 you do see him use it that's what they use against atst to blow it up right at least I assume that's what it was. But yeah, November 17th, that's something to look forward to just a month before the movie. I think that'll help me pass the time before the movie pretty well. And I'll tell you this, all the shots I saw of the way the weapons fired and zoomed the different the third person and the first person, yeah, it but, all was seamless in my in my opinion. Beforehand, I just figured I'd play in first person the whole time, like not even bother third person, but the third person mode looks pretty cool. Yeah, it's really neat. Uh it's also cool that you uh, you don't just play humans on the rebel side. We saw uh Rodians, uh Salstons. I think that's about it, but um, there's probably more. I'm sure there is. Um but that's cool. I'm glad they're bringing some of the alien races in. I'm sure they won't be on the Empire side, but at least on the Rebel side, you can play as some different aliens, and that's pretty cool. Empire so racist. Um, also, it's kind of cool. It's not that big of a deal, but there's some stuff like visually that goes on in the level. Say you're playing the Rebels and you're fighting the Empire. In the background, in like the horizon, there'll be like Star Destroyers and shit like battling it out. And as the Rebels, if you win or as you're winning, that Star Destroyer will start to crash into the planet like your forces have overtaken it and stuff and they're making it crash it looks cool doesn't change the gameplay in any way it's just a cool little touch they add to make it seem like a you know a huge battle that's going on and the combat for the heroes and the villains uh the jedi and the sith that looks so much better than it was during um battlefield yeah it looks like a as we don't really get to see someone play as Darth Vader, we just see Darth Vader like whipping ass. You see someone play as Luke, and it looks like you've got probably three or four different abilities as a hero. Like Luke, he had like a a deflector, a deflection, a lightsaber deflection, and a force push, and something else that I don't think we really got to see them 
use. Um, Imagine it might be a lightsaber throw or something yeah. like that. I want to know how it's going to work if you're playing, say, Luke versus Darth Vader. Like, how will the light... I mean, will it just be sort of hacking at each other? I don't know. Or will there be some sort of more complex lightsaber combat? I hope they take a page from that game that you showed me today. Oh, From Honor? From Honor. Yeah, man. Besides the Star Wars news that came out of E3, it was a really good year for E3, I think. It's one of the best ones I've seen in a while, just in terms of announcements and, and cool shit that's coming out. Because... Besides Star Wars Battlefront, there's Halo 5 on the horizon that looks really good. And I'm a huge Halo yeah, fan. Yeah, me too. They announced the new Mass Effect, which is probably my favorite game series of all times. They announced uh, Gears 4, which we didn't get a huge look at, but it still looks cool. Um, and I'll be excited for that. And then, you know, just not Microsoft stuff. Ubisoft announced From Honor, which we were talking about, which is like a, a weird... Not a weird, but like a, it's sort of a weird concept. It's knights, Vikings, and samurais all versus each other. And the way they handled the swordplay combat is really kind of yeah. unique from what I could see. Yeah, from the little clip of the multiplayer they showed, it looks like it's going to have like an actual technical sword combat system to it, which really intrigues me. It intrigues me too because that's what I've always been waiting for in a Star Wars game with lightsaber combat. Yeah, they really need to... The next time we get a lightsaber combat focus game, they really need to hone the combat and make it feel cinematic and cool like it does in the movies. Instead of quick strike, strong strike, right. or block and parry. Just like sort of like. blindly slashing and hacking. Yeah. But as far as Star Wars news at E3, there wasn't a whole lot besides Battlefront. They announced some new mobile game that, I mean, could be cool. Might not be cool. And then the other thing they showed was the new trailer for the latest, the Old Republic expansion. I saw that trailer. Yeah. It's intense. Knights of the Fallen Empire. It's kind of sad. Yeah. It bums me out. The one thing I really, really wanted to be like a surprise announcement at E3 this year was a console version of the Old Republic. Because I feel like that's the only way I'm going to be able to get all my friends to play with me, you know? I played on the computer for a while, but just playing those MMO games by yourself sucks. It it's, does. It's better to play with a group and stuff. I mean, way back in the day, I played WoW with a big group of friends. Yeah, you know, with, I mean, that's really the only way to do it. It like, really is. I'm not interested in making... That I knew in real life. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm not really interested in making new random friends online. Like, if I can have my friends online, then I'm all about it, you know? And I don't think it would be that hard for them to transfer the Old Republic over to console. Uh, we're starting to see more MMOs on consoles now. It's just, I don't know why they wouldn't do it. I think it would increase their subscriber base. Maybe they're hesitant to do it because that story and the content in that game isn't considered canon anymore. Um, Maybe they have been sidelined by that. Yeah, but the the new expansion... Uh, although it didn't really show any gameplay, man. Bioware's, the CG pre-rendered cutscenes that they do for that game are just incredible. They really are. They spare no expense, and, and they, it is top-notch and, quality. Yeah, I would like to see them, I mean, give them the budget to just do a full-length CG movie like that. Yeah. I would watch that. I think it would be phenomenal. Everybody would. But it's it's got an interesting sort of story element to where it looks like there's going to be a third faction that's not Jedi or Sith. Now, I don't know if you'll get to play as that faction or that's the faction you'll be fighting against. They had gold lightsabers. Yeah, and there was like, there's twins and one of them looks like he's supposed to be dark side and one of them looks like he's supposed to be the light side. And Although, in the trailer, they seemingly kill Jedi and Sith. That's what makes me think it's a, a third faction. But it's cool. They're actually bringing that expansion out for free to all their subscribers. Well, isn't that nice? Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's just out of goodness of their hearts or if it's a way for them to try and bolster their subscriber base. I don't know how well that game's doing. I know uh, a few months back it was like the second or third highest uh, grossing free-to-play MMO. So that's a good sign that they're... It is a good sign. They're doing it, some business. It may have some push and vitalization and energy when Star Wars 7 drops out. 
And that may be why they've released the expansion now as the Star Wars buzz is starting to yeah. build for later on in the year. They may well, be trying done, to ride that wave. They've done a few expansions for the game. They did like um, uh, an expansion that was all about the huts. And then they did uh, a PvP space combat or ship starfighter combat expansion. Um, but to, from what I understand, this is their biggest span- expansion to date. And it's really story-centric. And it really relies on the whole aspect of that game where you're crafting your own story in the Star Wars universe, which is cool. That's, to me, one of the better parts of that game is the ability to sort of make decisions that change the course for your character and stuff like that. It really takes sort of the Mass Effect and Dragon Age style of gameplay and turns it into an MMO for Star Wars. It's really interesting how they did that. That's really the first stab at that. Oh, yeah, definitely. In the MMO world, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, it's it was also the first MMO to ever be fully voice acted, even NPCs and stuff like that. They put a lot of time and a lot of money. From what I hear, the budget on that game was astronomical. I um, wouldn't I wouldn't even begin to, to guess how much yeah. money. I mean, in the hundreds of millions. Oh, my God. Definitely. How much money has it made to date? You know, I don't know. I would have to look up, and I don't know how available those numbers would be. I know it was really popular and successful at first, and that was even before they went to -to free-to-play, and it was subscriber-based or subscription-based. But the problem it ran into uh, was you could level really fast and get through the story really fast, and I think once people did that with a couple different characters, they were sort of not really interested anymore they got the gist of the game they had played the different story branches yeah. to see where they went in the in-game content i don't think there was a ton of it at first now that's different after a few expansions there's plenty of raids and stuff like that but like i said i've played it a good bit and uh i enjoy it it's fun it's you know ever since world of warcraft came out that's what you get nowadays a sort of reskinned world of warcrafts and it's very similar and, and different in some aspects, but it's got a lot of the same feel and sort of systems that a, a World of Warcraft has. That's interesting because, you know, that's all I've ever known as an MMO is yeah World of Warcraft style. I've never played EverQuest or, right. you know, anything else like that. So I it, just assume that's always how it's going to have to be. I, I mean, didn't. that's the thing. A lot of people, you know sort of complain that most games sort of rip off him uh world of warcraft but world of warcraft wasn't the first they did streamline and make mmo gameplay and systems more accessible to you know the more casual players which was obviously in their benefit i mean you're talking about the most successful mmo ever and that has to do with the fact that they basically just took all the elements from previous mmos and got rid of the grindy, the more grindy World of Warcraft, at least the last time I played, can still be a little grindy. Yeah. But, you know, they pared it down to the essentials. And even though, really, the first version of World of Warcraft wasn't that great, they just constantly worked on it, listened to fan feedback, and then, you know, they put out some really popular expansions and things like that. I know they've taken a dip and subscriber rates recently, but it's bound to happen. That game's been out over 10 years. I mean, it's got to fall down eventually. Eventually, there will be something that eclipses it. I don't know what that's going to be yet. I don't know. I mean, for all we know, what's going to end up eclipsing it is World of Warcraft 2 or something like that. Yeah. Which, i got to be honest, if they announced a World of Warcraft 2, I'd probably be interested. Blizzard has built an empire upon the back of uh, the world's most successful MMO. I don't think they plan on letting go of that department anytime soon no i mean i don't think it's something we would see anytime soon but i gotta figure eventually we're gonna see some sort of mmo follow-up by blizzard i feel like azeroth is whoa whoa out you know just yeah i mean they need a new setting yeah i mean they could maybe do a starcraft mmo i don't know how popular that would be or how interested people would be in that they should they should do a warcraft five Four. Well, Warcraft Four. I mean, then then they could make their next. Yeah, world. Yeah, they could do that. They did with Warcraft Three. Yeah, I mean, basically, Warcraft Three is the prequel. I mean, it sets up the world 
of Warcraft. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I know people are really interested in them maybe doing a Warcraft 4. I don't know that they ever would. I would be super down if they did. I loved Warcraft 2 and 3 especially. Those games were the bomb. Yeah, yeah. And it's a shame that, and we kind of talked about this last week with Jeff, that we've never gotten a decent, like, really good RTS for Star Wars. There was a great Halo RTS. So I like Halo, Halo Wars. Wars. That you know was what? fun. People hated on that because of its weird. It did have sort of janky controls a little I mean, bit. It's hard to 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 play that kind of game on a console. Yeah, it handled pretty well, is what I. Oh felt yeah, like. and and the story was cool. Yeah. Like I always was hoping that they would do a Halo Wars sequel, but they never did. They didn't. Um, you know, it's cool. They added backwards compatibility to the Xbox ones. Did you hear about I that? I did not hear about yeah, that. Yeah, uh, it's available to preview members now, and there's only like 22 games that are backwards compatible. But when they push it out this fall to a wider audience, it's going to have at least 100, and then they're going to just constantly update it. And that's one of those games, Halo Wars, that I may go pick up again and play if it ever gets added to the backwards compatibility list. Yeah, absolutely. But that's what I would like, Star Wars. I would like a Star yeah. Wars rts that's you know not a mobile game that's right something i want to enjoy playing like i can produce squadrons of x-wings or squadrons of snow speeders yeah yeah i mean you got to think that with that universe and your different units and vehicles and stuff that it would be easy enough to do if you just got the formula right mm -hmm. i don't know what has held them back i know you know the there, there was a time when we would get two or three star wars games a year if not on console, then on PC. And I don't think we're really going to see that unless you count mobile games now, which I don't really. I think we're probably going to get one a year, one big title a year. So the idea of that title being an RTS, probably not going to happen. You know, they're probably going to stick to the more popular, more mainstream genres. Like, you know, we're getting a shooter first. Um, all indication is that the second one is going to be like a action adventure type game, uh, which, by the way, they no word on that at E3. I thought for sure we'd get at least an announcement trailer or a slight little bit of information about that game, but nothing. I wonder what Star Wars thirteen thirteen, like where all the effort for that and the design for that game has gone. I mean, I from what I understand that that's sort of what this visceral star wars game is it's not that it's not 1313 but it's, i think it's evolution it's, yeah sort of the next step from that um but i was just hoping i want news about it because i'm really interested in in sort of that uncharted you know of course that sort of style of game but but star wars i'm um, uh would like to see Oh, I just had a brain fart. Oh, it's all right. Um, but yeah, no news on that title. Uh, and the only other video game news that came out for me three was some Disney Infinity stuff, which I'm more excited about every day. Like, I knew this was coming when Disney Infinity first came out. Um, you know, they said that there was a possibility that they would eventually add Marvel and Star Wars characters. And then when 2.0 came out and it was all about Marvel, I just knew the third edition was going to be Star Wars with it being come, you know, right before uh, The Force Awakens. And sure enough. That's going to open it up to a lot of kids. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a whole new world to expo of well, exposure. Know, <clears throat> I think it's very telling that the starter pack for that game comes with Anakin and Ahsoka. Yeah, absolutely. Not only does that say, you know, who they're aiming it out, but also what's kind of popular for kids right now. And yeah. I like seeing that. Yeah. I like seeing the Clone Wars get love like that. Like, you know, they could have just as easily made the starter pack be Luke and Leia or Luke and Darth Vader or something like that. But those are expansion packs. Um, I think they've announced two right now. There's the uh, Fall of the Republic, which is a prequel era expansion pack. And it's got like uh, Obi-Wan and um, Anakin and Ahsoka, uh, Padme, Darth Maul. Uh, and then there's a Rise of the Empire pack that's got Luke and Leia, Han and Chewie, Darth Vader, you know, 
the more original trilogy's characters. And then there's a Rebels pack with Kanan, Ezra, uh, Zeb, and Sabine. So they're putting out some figures. And I'm just as excited to just collect the figures as I am to play the game. I'm sure I'll like the game, but really where I'm going to get down is getting the little statues. The little I think, statues. I think they look cool. That's um, how to get you. Uh, yeah. Uh, I remember what I brain farted on earlier. I would like to see a like a space flight simulator shooter, like a uh, flying X-Wings and flying... Yeah. TIE fighters yeah. against one another. Yeah, we kind of talked about that with Jeff, you know, when we were talking about the X-Wing versus TIE fighter and the TIE fighter games and stuff. Yeah. And I just don't know. I, I mean, mean, I'm going to get some of it yeah. in, in Battlefront. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people were upset, and I was even a little upset about the lack of space battles, but the atmospheric vehicle combat looks pretty cool it looks like my appetite will be satiated like uh, that scene where the tie fighters chasing the x-wing through that canyon yes. on yes yes Hoth. that you know their game designers were like hmm can we put a canyon in this level we, we should just put some canyons in every level put canyons all over yeah, the more canyons <laughs> oh, it needs more canyons ah uh, yeah guys this is george lucas just wanted to say think it think i use more canyon chases oh uh, uh, i've been uh, looking at your game and uh it's great Great. It's faster, it's more intense. Game. Faster, more intense, uh, more canyons. Uh, George out. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, that pretty much does it for E3 Star Wars news. They do have a limited deluxe edition of Battlefront up for pre-order that basically just adds some in-game content, some weapons and emotes and stuff like that. I was hoping they were going to do a super limited edition with a statue or something like that, but they're not. You got spoiled by those Halo limited editions with the cat head size Master Chief helmet and the Reach statue. They do that all the time with games now. It's not just Halo, just about everything. There was like a $200 Batmobile edition of the new Batman game. No way. And there's the new Halo, by the way, not getting it because of the price tag. 250 bucks for their for what what's the special gimmick there's two statues two statues there's one statue that's uh master chief and lock together and then there's a statue of the guardian and you know all kinds of other shit in there but i you know i think the most i can unless it's a really cool star wars one uh, the most I can go is like 150 for one of those super expensive. Once you get start getting past that 150 range, it's tough for me to commit. That's half a console. I yeah, mean, uh, like you know our buddy Goose, my brother-in-law Goose. Yeah, he got the 400 dollar uh, Borderlands limited edition that came with the remote control claptrap. Yeah, and I, at first I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know if it's worth it. Worth it. And then I saw him messing around with that little fucking claptrap, and I was like, I don't know, that's pretty cool. Was it? Did it work really well? Yeah, he controls it with his phone, and it it'll it says all the catchphrases, and it'll dance, and it'll move, and yeah, you remote control it with your phone, and it worked pretty that's well. Crazy. He didn't get to keep it out too long because his dogs flip out when they see it and like want to destroy it, and I think that uh, would not go over well if that happened. No, no. Uh, so we just got out of E3. In fact, I think today was the last day of E3 and this Saturday we're moving right into the next big star Wars event. And that's the season two premiere of rebels. I'm, I'm excited to see where that's going. Cause they dropped Darth Vader at the end of the right. last season. Yeah. And, uh, they've been releasing a lot of little videos like hype videos on YouTube, on their YouTube channel. And, uh, I'm really excited about it. Uh, I will probably watch that one-hour season premiere several, several, several times before the season really starts. But uh, we were talking about it. I was showing you some of the videos, and the design of Darth Vader is... I wouldn't say it's odd, but it's its a different sort of design. It's stylized. stylized. Yeah. It reminded me of some of the concept sketch art of what... Darth Vader was originally intended. Yeah, to like look the like. Ralph McQuarrie concept art exactly. or the storyboard art. He looks very samurai, yeah, like very, his helmet. a little gaunt. Yeah, and very, very stylishly samurai. 
Uh, and I, once again, I just can't get over the fact that they were able to get James Earl Jones to come back. To me, that's perfect. That's the way you got to go. I, you know, that's what I would do if I were an old actor and I didn't really want to yeah. do the set and the waking up and all that stuff. Give me my hot tea and my microphone. Yeah, I, just let him uh, record some some lines, pay him a couple of bucks. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, with. Darth Vader supposedly showing up in um, the first anthology movie. I got to think that they'll use be able to use him again. I mean, I figure James Earl Jones will. That's money in the bank till yeah. when you know till he doesn't want to do it anymore. Right. Talk about money in the bank. That's sushi, sushi village, son. Um. Oh man, I farted and it made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> Your fart turned into a literal brain fart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, season two of Rebels. So um, they show a little clip of uh, Ahsoka on the ghost, and I guess they're either running from or chasing Darth Vader. If I had to guess, running from and has they, to be. They ask her if they kn- if she knows who that is, and she says no. So to me, that means like she doesn't realize that that's Anakin yet. And I've I think, been curious about this. I've been thinking on it because I want to know who, who, who besides the Emperor and Obi Wan Kenobi know that Anakin Skywalker is Darth Vader. I think she's going to find out. I think that has to be a major twist coming up. Yeah, yeah. I think her finding out will be a big deal. I wonder what his reaction is going to be when he realizes that his old apprentice is still alive. You know. I can't see it ending well for Ahsoka. But Sith still meditate, right? Yeah. yeah in, I mean, I mean in, in, Empire, in Empire, that's his meditation chamber you see him in. That big dome-like thing where that, he yeah, pulls his helmet off. Right, right. But yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to the Darth Vader and Ahsoka stuff this season. Uh, I think that's going to kind of be the theme of, excuse me, the theme of the season. Um, they're really pushing it hard. So I think it'll be pretty exciting. I wonder, uh, we know we're getting more Lando this season at some point. Um, we know Hondo from the Clone Wars is coming back. And we know that um, Rex and his homies are coming back. So I wonder if we're going to get any more sort of classic characters or characters we've seen before in other properties or other series. I wonder if we're going to see them show up anymore. Cause I like that when they do that, maybe we'll get some more Yoda voiceover. Cause that would be cool. That would be cool. Yoda spirit. Uh, you know, what's interesting. You know, who does the voice of the emperor in the season premiere, Sam Witwer. He was the actor who portrayed star killer in the force unleashed. He did who the emperor, the Emperor in Rebels. In Rebels, Rebels in the season premiere, the Emperor shows up in some form. I don't know if he's there in person or if it's a hologram, but it's Sam Witwer doing the voice. I thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool. You know, I also didn't realize that he did the voice of Darth Maul in The Clone Wars. I didn't realize he did Darth Maul. Yep. He did Darth Maul. Uh, he's doing the Emperor, and he was also the son in the Mortis arc. The guy that sort of personified the dark side. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I recognized him in that. Yeah. I, I think that's cool that they use him. You know, they've used him some more because he did a good job in The Force he Unleashed. He put in quite an um, amount of work in yeah. The Force Unleashed. All the voice acting. Yeah, and they used his likeness they used and his stuff. Lit- you know, they used his likeness. He was that character. Yeah. So I'm excited to see, you know how much of the emperor we'll see. Like I said, it's probably just a hologram. I can't see what's going on being enough to draw the emperor out. You know what I'm saying? Something tells me the emperor probably stays on Coruscant most of the time, just surrounded by his guards and his palace, just chilling where he's nice and safe. Talking about that force unleashed, I really like that story of you know, taking a young yeah. force sensitive kid and like maybe he deflects to the good side. Now it would be neat to tell that story. You don't have to tell it verbatim the way you told it in Force Unleashed, but if you could reuse that, that would be so cool. I really would like them to reuse bring the apprentice back, bring the character of the apprentice back and change the story however you want. Right. I mean you would at this point it would be a little redundant 
to bring him in and then make him good and have him join the rebels too. But he could be, it would be a cool concept for an inquisitor Yeah, for him to be an inquisitor. I think that would be kind of neat. It would, but you know, I don't, I don't know how likely that is. They kind of screwed the pooch in the story with the Force Unleashed 2. Yeah, the fact the, that you made a clone and brought him back. Yeah, and, you know, the light side ending of that game, which I think is pretty much the one they go as being the true ending in those games, you captured Darth Vader. The Rebels had Darth Vader in custody. You remember that? I like, do. how do you resolve that? It left it on a cliffhanger that we'll probably never see a resolution to. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not going to ever figure out what happened there. So, I mean, while the... The gameplay and the levels and stuff on two were cool and in an advancement from the first one. The story did not hold up in my opinion. It was it too re- short. It was. They made a big deal about you going to Dagobah and meeting Yoda and that was like four minutes long. It was a cutscene. Yeah. You didn't really do anything. You just went, Yoda gave you some advice and you left. Yeah. It was kind of a waste. Am Talk I about wasting training of Master Yoda. Right. But yeah, the so you're going to come over tomorrow, watch Rebels? Yes, we are. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm going to have to check it out. Um, it sucks. I, I know we've said this before, but it sucks that we're getting the first episode and then there's a couple months break until the series really starts. I, it, and it does. It's unfortunate. But there's so much Star Wars right now. Oh, there's yeah. more Star Wars right now in the... <laughs> out there than there is ever been in the last 10 years to me uh the lead up to this newest movie is even bigger than when they led into the phantom menace i don't know that we're going to get that crazy of a deluge of product on the store shelves i guarantee you will i I mean there's gonna be a lot but i don't know if you remember the scope of the release for the phantom menace i mean taco bell pizza hut and like KFC or something, all had Star Wars Everybody, toys, and every soda had. Yeah, like they, Pepsi had special Star Wars cans. cans. And there was a gold Yoda can, and that's not even counting the, you know, like thirty figures, vehicles. I promise that's places. all coming back. Oh yeah, it is. I it's, mean, around about Christmas time, everything oh. is going to be Star. Yeah, Wars. Yeah, I think the first release in September is going to be pretty big. But I think the real push will be the second one that's closer to the movie. Um, you know, they're actually sort of changing up something this time around. Before, the novelizations of the movies would come out a couple of weeks, if not a month, before the movie. That would be out before the movie. You could go read the novelization of The Phantom Menace before The Phantom Menace and came out. basically spoil it for yourself? Yeah, you could. I never did it. But, you know, it happened. And that's the way it's always been. Even the original novelization of the original Star Wars came out before the movie. Uh, they're not doing that this time around. Smart. Um, yeah, really? Duh. The, the ebook or the Kindle edition will be available the day of the movie. And then the actual physical hardback is not going to be available until sometime in January. I think that's a smart move. If you really want people to see that movie without yeah. spoiling it for other people or putting spoilers all over the internet. Now that we have the internet, it's a different world. Yeah, and that actually kind of seems like something J.J. Abrams probably had a hand in. He was probably like, uh, no. He's very anti-spoiler. Yeah, he likes. he's a guy that likes the mystery box. He likes... Don't ruin the experience. Yeah, and I understand that. I totally get that. Uh but there has been some people that feel like he's being too coy and too secretive with the new Star Wars. But Well, they can go sit in syrup and let the bees get them. Well, because, yeah, and uh, if they really want to know that much about the movie, there's plenty of sources out there. Like I said, there's a site, MakingStarWars.net. They do an excellent podcast. They have an awesome site. But they have a complete synopsis of the movie on there if you want to read it. Like, you can literally read... A synopsis of the entire movie. I'm not interested, but if that's your thing and you want to be spoiled, go for it. Just don't, I would say, you know, just don't spoil it for other people. That's, I hate when people do that. That's the 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 non-rude thing to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, be considerate. Like, just because you want to know everything that happens in the movie, don't ruin that for people that don't. Yeah. So, uh, with that, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll finish up and uh, call it a week. Why, you stuck-up, half-witted 
scruffy looking nerf herder. Welcome back to Blue Harvest. What's up, guys? Um, so, we talked about E3. We talked about Rebels. Now let's get into a little Force Awakens talk. Today, the internet exploded with pictures from the Force Awakens. Leaked pictures. Nothing too spoilery. Spoiler. Spoiler. Spoilery. How do you say that? How would you say that? Spoilerish. I would go spoilerish. Yeah, there you go. That's good. Well, anyway, so the first thing that came up was um, a picture of Princess Leia or Leia. Who knows? I guess. Carrie, she yeah, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, and she looks pretty cool. Looks like, cool. Um, the closest thing I can think to describe how she's dressed is, you know, the soldiers on the Tantive Four at the beginning of A New Hope? I do. That's. It seems like she's kind of wearing that uniform. Yeah. It's like a gray jumpsuit with a black vest over it. It might even be that vest. If I only saw it for a brief second, but the vest kind of looked like it might even be like a trench coat length. Sleeveless trench coat length kind of thing. Yep. Yep. Again? Again. Again? Yeah. Jesus. Cre- cheesy crazy. <laughs> Cheese and you rice, give man. Give them a little bit of the Will Witten dicking and they just blowing you up, son. No, that's not how that works. <laughs> it's not at all how that works. I don't know, man. I don't know. There's something that makes a, a lady call that many times in a row. I have no idea what it is, but I'm not interested in finding Crazy. out. Um, so, yeah, Leia, she looks pretty cool. I was wondering how they were going to go with her because Carrie Fisher, um, how do I put this? Doesn't look like she used to. I think there's been a little bit of plastic surgery. A lot of drugs and alcohol. Um, and she was, to be honest, the one I was most worried about of the classic characters returning. Just, I think it's going to be the hardest for people to process at first. Like Han Solo, we, we've seen a lot of Harrison Ford since he's been. Throughout the year. Yeah, so we've seen him get older. We're used to it. Uh, Carrie Fisher, while we've seen her, we haven't seen her in that role or a similar role so I think it might take a little getting used to at first. Um, and we've seen pictures of what Mark Hamill sort of looks like in the movie with the big crazy beard. He looks good. Looks like old man Luke Skywalker. Yeah, he looks pretty, pretty perfect. So uh, it was good to see her and not be immediately sort of thrown off. Now look, Texton. Texton. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> I have things to... I'm busy. I am busy making a Star Wars podcast. Excuse me. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. And then, so, we got the picture of Princess Leia. She looks pretty cool. The next thing that we got was, this morning, a picture of three different characters. Now, this is slightly spoiler-ish. Spoiler-ish. Um, we got a picture of... Uh, what's his name? Greg Grungberg. He played Matt Parkman in Heroes. He's one of J.J. Abrams' like childhood friends, actually, as an X-Wing fighter pilot. Okay. Uh, looks pretty cool. You saw the picture. I did. I mean, we've seen that new flight suit. Maybe maybe I'll finally have someone I can cosplay as. I just thought about that. He's kind of tubby. He's got a, a beard and dark hair. I think I got this. I think you got I it I just thought bag. about this. Just need a jumpsuit. Um, yeah, like the new, new jumpsuit. Uh, and then... So, if you don't want to know these next two characters that look like they're going to be appearing in the movie, uh, just turn us down for a second or skip ahead by a minute or two. But we saw pictures of Admiral Akbar and Nian Nub. Nian Nub. Yeah. That's the crazy lip guy that was... The Solston that helped pilot. Now, maybe that's not him. Maybe it's just another, you know, alien of that race, but I'm pretty, pretty sure it's him. And I gotta say, Admiral Akbar looks pretty good for his age. Admiral Akbar, dude, those two races must be long-lived races. I mean, yeah. they don't have to be. I like, mean, how old do you? I mean, the, I guess that's true. We never really—it's only really twenty years, right? No, thirty. Thirty. But 30 still, like I mean, who knows how? Just because Admiral Akbar kind of sounded like an old dude, who knows how old he really was? Mon Calamarians might live, yeah, hundreds of years, right? Uh, that's exciting to me. Like I, I'm sure they don't play a big role in the movie, but I like seeing like that they're at least going to have a cameo or something. You know what I mean? And of course, I mean the guy was 
the leader of the fleet in the Battle of Endor. He, I would hope that he's still kicking around, kicking ass and stuff. I'll be interested to see what the the makeup effect and like the puppetry and prosthetics and stuff for that character look like. If they've advanced it or if they've you know really nailed the look of it and made it look as good as it did. Because to me, that those are some of the more impressive looking aliens are the Mon Calamari. Like they look really good. Like it was a really good feat of puppeting and puppetry Especially for the day and age that they yeah. were constructed. So I wonder. You know, sometimes when they go back and try to redo those puppets, they don't look as good, like Yoda in The Phantom Menace. So I hope they really spent the time and nailed it and made him look cool. I hope so, too. I mean, really, I guess if he if he doesn't have any lines, it doesn't matter, because that's where it all fall apart. But I got to think, if you're going to have Admiral Akbar, you're going to at least give him a, a line or two. That's a drop! Yeah. I wonder if he's still an admiral. Maybe he's... A, I would think in 30 years, maybe he's advanced. Grand Admiral? Grand Admiral Akbar. General Akbar? Mm. I don't know. General's lower than Admiral, isn't it? I don't really know. Maybe the, I don't the know ranking the, system... Yeah, I don't know how the rebel high command structure is. And then... What um, was Mon Mothma? I, is that just her name? Or Mon, is that... Oh, yeah. Or, or was is that her... Like, Mon, like a... Yeah, like a military a title, title or like something? A moth. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Or a Dawn. Now, I would think maybe she's not around anymore. I don't think so. Right? She would be really For some old. reason, I feel like she died, but I don't know. No, she didn't die. Mon Mothma did not die somewhere? As far as I know. Okay. I mean, maybe she died in some expanded universe novel or something, but as far as I know, in the movies, she's... <laughs> Dharma. Dharma. Quiet. You're going to have to go up if you keep barking. Dharma. That's just someone mowing their yard. Protecting this house. Yeah, I I just can't see them bringing that character back. You know, they did bring her back sort of in... Oh, you guys. Hey, now. Hey. Hey, now. Kit Fisto. Yeah. He is... Is he not... He's from Mon Calamari... I don't think so. He's you know just what? from another water. Give planet. me just a second. I'll grab my book and we'll see. I've got and a book we can all about look at that. But I know he's from a water planet, and I know his yeah, lightsaber definitely. works underwater. The reason I know that is because from the Jindy Tarakovsky animated Star Wars, where yeah, Kit Fisto has his own episode and goes underwater and fights some clone troopers under there. Yeah, and, and even though that's not canon, um, I'm pretty sure we see that again in the other clone, the regular Clone Wars series, the canon Clone Wars series. So I've got my copy of Ultimate Star Wars. This is going to be a nice little reference guide for when we have these sort of questions. It's just, uh, it's huge, so it may take me a second. Let me see here. There is a second race on Mon Calamari, though. They got, like, squid faces. Yeah. And I believe they sided with the Separatists during the Clone Wars. Uh, yeah, we see those guys in, like, the Cantina in A New Hope. Yeah. Uh, Quarians, I think their Quarians. name is. I, I feel like sometimes my Star Wars alien race knowledge is a little weak. So maybe that's something I should re- like research and get a better handle on. Well, the ones that are most prominent, we know really well. Like, yeah, yeah, we I know, mean that's true. We know wook, Wookies and we know Rodians. Yeah, the 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 big boys. Right. So there's like four different. Okay, sixty looks to be where I want to go. Kit Fisto. His species is a uh, Natolan. Yeah, say that five times fast. Natolan, 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 and his home world is. Glee Anselm. Huh. And this is what it has to say about him. This is kind of interesting. As the Jedi Council's only amphibious member, Kit Fisto leads the Republic's armies to victory on strategic water worlds across the galaxy. His Natolan physiology makes him ideally suited to battle above and below the waves. During the Clone Wars, Master Fisto first sees action on Geonosis, serving as one of the Jedi who infiltrate the execution arena to battle Count Dooku's droid soldiers. Later in the war, he trails General Grievous to the third moon of Vasek, only to find his team trapped inside Grievous's fortress, where he witnesses his former Padawan, Nadar Veb, 
lose his life to Grievous's pet Rogwort. That's that's a Clone Wars episode. I don't particularly remember that one. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the layer of Grievous arc towards the like shortly after the movie, right? Yeah, it's it's in the first season for sure. Fisto dives under the waves again to save Prince Lee Char of Mon Cala from a separatist insurrection led by, oh, this is a hard one, Carcodon Commander Riff Tamsin and backed up by the revolutionary forces of the Quarren Isolation League. So, yeah, I mean, he is basically the Jedi underwater expert is basically what it's saying. Like Star Wars Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, he's cooler than Aquaman. Hey, 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 cooler. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know if it's just his lightsaber that works underwater or do all lightsabers. Because that, that arc that they're talking about uh, where he goes to help out on Mon Calamari or Mon Cal, there, Anakin's there, and I think Obi-Wan might be there too, and they're all using their lightsabers underwater. I, w- I can't see why it wouldn't work underwater. Yeah. I would just think that his might have a, an advantage underwater or be more suited for that. Yeah, that's true. And so besides the Leia... In the Admiral Akbar and Neon Nub pictures, we got two actual screenshots from the movie. Uh, the first one shows Han, Ray, and Finn in the Millennium Falcon cockpit, and then the other one shows uh, our first look at Dom Hall Gleason's character, uh, whose name we still don't know, and Captain Phasma. And it looks like they're looking at like a holographic display or something. So nothing too story centric like we don't really know what's going on in either scene but it's cool nonetheless nothing to spoil anything but it's nice to see you know actual pictures from the movie evidence you know uh yesterday was exactly six months until the force awakens comes out so that's exciting it seems like really just yesterday when i was talking about how it was only a year until it came out and we're already halfway there yeah we are it's still not going by fast enough for me, though. No, hell no. You want it tomorrow. Yesterday. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That I ultimate would... Star Wars thing is neat, though. Yeah, it's it's really cool. I actually want to sit down and just read it cover to cover. I just haven't gotten a chance yet. It's a lot of information. In but if you're interested cover. in sort of a, a Star Wars all-inclusive guide, uh, the good thing about this one is it's all canon material. That's all that's in here. There's none of the old legends or expanded universe stuff in here. It's got a forward by Anthony Daniels. I have caught a couple of mistakes in here that somehow got past the editors. For instance, you know the Jedi Even Peel? No. He's, he sort of looks like a pink Yoda. He's missing an eye. Yeah, he's got yeah, like yeah, a scarred yeah. eye. Uh, they list him as being a Zabrak in here. He is not a no, Zabrak. That's what Darth Maul is. Yeah. And I know a lot of people think because of the Darth Maul arc in Clone Wars that Darth Maul is actually uh, Dothamarian from Dothamir. But no, he is a Zabrak that was born and raised on Dothamir. By the Dothamari witches. Right, right. So, <clears throat> and and if you look in here, it, it has Darth Vader, or not Darth Vader, Darth Maul listed as a Zabrak. But for some reason, they totally got that other guy's race wrong. Uh, the other no- thing I noticed that was a bit of a mistake is there's one part in Boba Fett's section where they list his ship as Clone One instead of Slave One. Clone One? Yeah, and in and, and elsewhere they uh, reference it as being Slave One, so it's not like they're trying to change the name of the ship or something. It's just it's obviously just a little bit of a editing mistake. What was the name of Jango Fett's ship? Yeah, Slave One is the Slave same ship. Slave One is the same ship. Yeah, so... I mean, that would be kind of silly for Jango Fett to name his ship Clone One. Yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. And it would also be silly for Boba Fett to name his ship Clone One. Right. Um, The other thing I thought was kind of interesting is it gave uh, Obi-Wan's home planet in here. And I can't remember what it's called. But that's a piece of information that we've never really gotten before. I never knew that Obi-Wan, you know, what Obi-Wan's home planet was. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's... For any sort of reason, or if it, because like each character has, like when you look up each character, it tells what their home world is and stuff like that, what their race is, except for Yoda. Still no information on Yoda. I think that's honestly something we'll never find out. He, there are the, I mean, I was about to ask, do we know if there are others like him, but we don't even know. There was one, Yaddle. Yaddle. 
and she was like a female Yoda. But that's no longer canon because that was part of the Old Republic, right? No, she was in The Phantom Menace. Oh, I don't... I I believe she's on... Well, hold on. We got the book. Let's look her up. Uh, But, yeah, I believe she may even be on the Jedi Council in Episode 1 and isn't anymore by the time... Yaddle. Page 59. All right. Yeah, so it's got Yaddle in, in here and... Her species, once again, unknown, homeworld unknown, affiliation Jedi. Very little is known about Yaddle, Yaddle species. Her short build, long ears, and extended lifespan mark her as a member of the same species as Jedi Master Yoda, and Yaddle also shares Yoda's remarkable affinity for the Force. After rising through the ranks of the Jedi Order, Yaddle achieves the highest possible reward for her contribution, a seat on the Jedi Council. She helps judge Anakin Skywalker's fitness for Jedi training and contributes to the Jedi efforts to resolve the Naboo blockade crisis and uncover clues about the return of the Sith. Following the Battle of Naboo, Yaddle takes a less active role in the Jedi in Jedi affairs. So yeah, she, there is another one of Yoda's species in the movies. And like I thought, she is in The Phantom Menace and then is not seen again. So I don't really know... To me, that's something that seems like George always wanted to keep secret, what Yoda's race was. And for a while, people thought uh, Yoda was a will. Have you ever heard that term? Oh, yeah. The will, the journal of the wills? Yeah. Supposedly, the story of Star Wars was adapted. You know, in the universe, it was adapted from an ancient tome called the Journal of the Wills, which was where the story of Star Wars was being told from. So... That's a concept that they have not really gone into anymore that he sort of casts to the wayside. Maybe that's something I'll do a little research in for our next podcast or a future podcast is really what what's going on with the wills. And if I'm not mistaken, the whole thing about the wills just comes from the prologue of the first Star Wars novel, of the novelization of the first Star Wars book. What does it say there? It's just a little passage about how this story is adapted from the Journal of the Wills of... And it actually uses the the name Mace Windu from the Journal of Jedi Master Mace Windu or something like that. Oh, wow. Well before his character uh, was it, even existed. I'll have to look it up and, and look up the exact... But I remember after Phantom Menace came out, going back and looking at a, a novelization of the original movie, and it sort of name-dropped Mace Windu in there, which was kind of neat. Again, here I go back to the Jindy Tarakovsky stuff, but I got to see Mace Windu be a real badass. You know, then you don't really get to see that. You get to yeah. see him fight Django Fett for a second. You get to yeah, see it does him, not last very long for Django. You get to see him overpower the Emperor. Yeah. Like, he clearly is a badass. Mm-hmm. But, Do you think he could have beaten the Emperor, or was the Emperor faking in the hopes of getting making Anakin turn to the dark I side? Think, uh, I think... I would not have if I were a Sith Lord. Yeah. If if I were a Sith Lord, I would not have allowed myself to go through all that physical deformation via my own lightning. Yeah. See, that's another thing I've always wondered. Uh, uh, is that what made the Emperor? I I feel like. Yeah. Did it really sort of melt his face and turn him all fucked up? He wasn't or, fucked up before that. Or was he? Did he always look like that? And he was using some sort of dark side power to cover it he claims in the senate that the attack yeah left but him disfigured. you can't listen to i him. mean and it could have been a lie but yeah that's another thing like i mean i guess that's just what it is that's what fucked the I, that was facing. my assumption yeah um i don't know i guess you know part of it is because in uh the dark empire comics the emperor's body is constantly decaying because the dark side is basically eating away way at him from the inside out and i guess i sort of just attributed that same thing to the movies but that's not necessarily the, the case. concept anymore yeah. maybe i mean it could be Who it's knows? a cool to me that's a cool concept that he's so powerful and so evil that it's basically destroying his body well i mean most other cases when you see sith in the star wars experience they're usually ate up physically somehow you know they have some yeah. physical deformity mm-hmm. I, I mean except for right when anakin turns like his eyes yeah. go red and that Sith. Yeah, and they but do. they're not always like that because uh when you know, when he's on the landing platform on Mustafar. The same thing happened in that uh that cinematic for the old yeah, Republic. The guy when he kills his brother, 
his eyes are all Sith and then they fade, they fade back, back out. to yeah. normal. So that's interesting. I wonder if that's a concept we'll continue to see in the movies. Like Darth Maul's eyes were like that, but they were like that permanently. Yeah. I, w- is, is, I wonder if that's just sort of a feature. I don't think that's just a Zabrak feature. I either. don't think it is. Uh, what's interesting to me about the whole Emperor Jedi thing is, uh, you know that Lords of the Sith book that I let you borrow? Yeah. There's a really cool scene, and I won't give away too much because I don't want to spoil it for you before you read it, but where the Emperor tells vader look you got to handle this i can't use the force in front of all these people so like he's actively trying to hide his force abilities like he's he's like this is too many people they can't see what i can do and so that's interesting like the emperor super strong in the force but doesn't want people to know that even after he's already won and taken over the empire he still like wants to keep it secret but he's fine with having a right hand man who uses the force at will at will because you got to have your strong right hand to hold down policy and enforce the law i just wonder what his excuse for that would be because you know he had the jedi wiped out and how is he going to explain i mean i assume that any force any display of force would register him as a student of the jedi who he made evil no, that, he made, and uh, I get that. I'm saying, but how does he explain having a right-hand man who uses the Force? Like, is, does he tell people, look, he's who helped me kill the Jedi. He's clearly on our side. He's a Jedi hunter. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I don't know if he uses the term Sith in public. Like, no, clearly not for himself. Clearly not. And I doubt he refers to Vader as a Sith in and, public either. And they basically paint, I mean, clearly from episode four, they basically paint... Darth Vader as a worshiper of an ancient religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Clearly, you have not been alive long enough to realize the gravity of. Well, they would have the though. power of the Force. You got to think those guys at that conference table are all pretty advanced in age. They're not super old, and that's only what eighteen to twenty years after Episode Three. Yeah, but they would remember. The Jedi, at least, I would think. But they you got to think. Been, they would. I would think they would have been at least teenagers or younger. Yeah, I mean, if they're 40, they would have been 20 or thereabouts. Right. You know, but if they were teenagers or younger. Also, you got to think there was, they say it in the Rebels trailer, there was only 10,000 Jedi patrolling the galaxy. For a whole galaxy, only 10,000. So maybe most people just heard about Jedi, and never had but never really account. saw one, you know. I mean, you got to think with that many planets. I mean, ten thousand's not that many, especially with most of them on Coruscant. Yeah, a lot of them at the Jedi Temple and stuff like that. So it's plausible that most people would have never even seen a Jedi or knew what they could do or anything like that. So that makes a little more sense. You know, uh, one of the problems that people had with the prequels was that there weren't a ton of Jedi, and I always kind of figured that if we ever got a sequel series. There would be a ton of Jedi because Luke would have trained them. And it doesn't look like we're going to get that. So I'll be interested if we're ever going to see a time in the Star Wars timeline where there's just a ton of Jedi protecting the galaxy again. Or if they're going to continue to be sort of that rare mythical figure in the universe. Well, if we hold to the fact that the Force has to remain in balance, there should be as, well, there should be as much on the light side as the dark side. Right. Now, I don't know how the Sith factors into that. I know right. that's a perverted faction of the dark side, but... That's... I really want to know. Sith, if there was one two. spoiler that I could find out from Episode 7, and it's not that huge of a deal, I just want to know if Kylo Ren and Supreme Commander Snoke are Sith. That's, Sith or Dark Jedi. Yeah, or just what's going on. Like, if, if you're not going to use the Sith anymore in the movie series, that's fine. But just tell me what's going on a little bit. Give me a little something. And to me, they're probably keeping that for a surprise. Specifically to be a surprise. Well, I think that's probably going to do it for it for it this week. We got about an hour. That's a pretty good podcast. That was a good podcast. Um, we really... So next week, we'll definitely be covering the first episode of Rebels. In fact, if we have time after it's over, we may just record. Go ahead and record next yeah, week. Yeah, it's fresh. Get it knocked out. Go ahead once again, I really want to thank the guys in Stone Cobra for giving us our new theme song. Absolutely. Thank again, you, guys. you can check them out at, at stonecobra.bandcamp.com. Buy their album. It's fucking awesome. It's five bucks well spent. You'll enjoy it. Um, like metal, 
buy stone <laughs> yeah look us up on facebook uh at blue harvest pod on twitter if you have any questions or comments you can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com and uh for blue harvest podcast i'm paul burkhart and i'm will Witten. may the force be with you may the force be with all of you may the force be with us